0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Currency Podcast. This is episode one hundred eight. I'm playing. I'm continuing my career mode on the on PGA Tour, two K twenty one video game. This is a podcast where I play a career mode on a golf video game, uh, specifically PGA Tour two K twenty one. I'm in the last event of the lesser tour that I'm playing on. That. Once I get past this tour, I can plan the PGA Tour. And and so, um, I, of course, am endlessly thrilled about that. And uh, very, very work up my enthusiasm about it. And so, but anyway, if I finish in the top 25 point standings for this tour then i get to make it to the pga tour and so that's that's what i am trying to do i'm about to do it once i finish this round i'll be in the pga tour and so then that'll make the viewing experience mildly more interesting but what i'm starting to do now is put my videos onto rumble so that i can get more visibility i'm taking that next step the it's just like if I put all of my videos on rumble, they might actually get some visibility. So now I have to think about, um, Oh shit. Like what if people actually watched this podcast, you know, not to take away from people who already watch it because people do watch it and listen to it. You can see what kind of viewership I get on anchor.com. If I provided you a link to my page, which I can do in the, uh, description, I guess you, like most of my views are still come on the podcast through like Apple and Google rather than on YouTube. Um, yeah, so I played the 18th hole of the first round of this last tournament. It's a two round tournament. I'm about to play this last round. I should be able to get through the entire thing, uh, in, in today's episode, but the political things that are happening in the world are upsetting to me let me tell you about it Jeez, they're just so upsetting um they're so endlessly upsetting and um you're just gonna have to take my word for it as i work up the zeal necessary to tell you about how upsetting it is i guess i don't have to start right into politics i can just be your friendly neighborhood spider-man in the meantime and by that i mean uh friendly and neighborly, which apparently Spider-Man is, um, it's assumed anyway. Those are the stereotypes that follow him around that he can't, has- he can't escape from. But, uh, I guess like all of the superheroes in superhero movies, they're usually, like, the citizens are really skeptical of them, even though they're fighting crime the entire time. It just makes me wonder in watching superhero movies i was just watching the dark knight and a lot of the a lot of the premise for the movie centers around the fight between crime and the law like authorities versus criminals and i feel like that that must have been because all of these comic books were generated in Like, I don't know, like the 60s and the 70s. And I feel like that must have been a bigger political fight back in the 70s because today it's not really like, it's not really criminals versus authorities like it used to be. Like in the 2016 election, when Trump was running, late in his campaign, probably in like September of 2016 before he won the election, he started talking about law and order a lot, but it's like, he brought that back up to reinvoke something that used to be a big political stance for the right. And, um, people were like, oh yeah, law and order, just like, just like it used to be. Um, I'm saying that when he started talking about law and order, it was understood that this was something he was bringing back into the picture. Um, yeah, like the importance of law and order. All right, so I ended up behind a grandstand. I'm not gonna get a drop, so they're gonna make me hit over a stairway. They're gonna make me hit over the grandstand onto the green, there's some Happy Gilmore shit. Bro, I saw your Happy Gilmore shit shot. It's pretty wild. You really, um, you really nailed it. Somebody, an onlooker said to me, that's one of, one of the patrons here. One of these simulated patrons said to me. Um, you know, but I'm just really friendly and neighborly. But I'm, I'm saying how... I feel like at this point we realize that it's... Um, you're never going to eradicate crime. It's kind of weird how that, like, the Dark Knight... How do they make such an entertaining power-packed movie centered around the fight against crime i'm saying the fight against crime is lame i think it used to be a powerful um political motivator maybe more in the 70s when all of the or whenever these comic books were made since all of the superheroes are fighting crime like at this point we've got to realize that crime is always going to be here Like, it doesn't matter how much crime you get rid of. Because in The Dark Knight, the actor, it's in the script that they're saying, like, imagine what you could do with 18 months of clean streets. Like, there's gonna not be criminals for 18 months if Harvey Dent gets his way or something. Uh, Like, that's a possibility. Crime will never go away. There's There's no way in any big city you're gonna have no crime for 18 months. And also... There's no... The criminals in Gotham City are nowhere near, like, the criminals that actually exist. There aren't any super criminals. But... That's a really profound movie. Uh, Something I was thinking about, that this might sound a little weird, is how superheroes are actually people who wear the... wear the costume and wear ridiculous clothes. Kind of like... The joke that Dwight makes in the office, where like Dwight, Dwight thinks superheroes are people who wear capes, like instead of instead of like firemen and doctors, he's like, you know who the real heroes are, people who dress up and then go out and fight crime at night, which is like a it's a ridiculous idea that that would actually ever be happening in the world, but I feel like part of the message of that movie because. Early on in the movie, there's this part where, uh, Batman has a run-in with all of these fake Batman, fake Batmen uh, that dress up like him. And then one of the fake Batmen that Batman has to fight says like, um, what makes you different from me? And Batman said, I'm not wearing hockey pants. Or in other words, Batman is Batman because he actually wears the clothes or like he, um, It's like he's wearing Gucci or something like he dresses, he dresses up. um, He commits to what he's wearing, but like what he wears is the authentic thing. Whereas the fake Batman are wearing um, clothes that match their level of commitment, which is their their commitment level is not as high and they don't wear the real uniform. Um, But I feel like if you... In, in the world, if you ran into something as ridiculous as a superhero, which like, that's the term for that. As it turns out in all of these movies, the superhero is the one wearing some ridiculous costume. That's our term for superhero as opposed to hero. Um, like at the point that we're describing a hero, even in movies or in real life, that's usually just uh, regular regular person or something we've seen before but a superhero i I, i think that if you actually encountered something as ridiculous as a superhero in real life they would be wearing ridiculous clothes um and that's why aubrey plaza dressing up like a witch on ellen and other talk shows is so interesting to me is that she's like she's making an argument for being uh something as ridiculous as that but what i'm saying is if you actually wanted to be a superhero, something beyond a hero, um, you would, you would look absurd in reality. The world isn't ready for a superhero. That's why we have to put them in movies. And my question is, do we get to the point where people actually start dressing up like superheroes, um, to make good on this idea that we're trying to materialize? through these movies. Like, so this is something we're trying to process. Is it possible to have something like a superhero? I think that it's very difficult obviously for there to be a superhero because then it's like, oh, there's this guy that dresses up like in the Spider-Man costume and swings around New York city. Of course that would be ridiculous. Um, it's just that superhero is ridiculous because it's hard enough to be a hero or really the world has a lot of stigma towards a hero as it is, um, somebody who really tries to be a leader. The world has a lot of stigma for individualism. Um, and a hero is always a bastion of individualism. And, uh, like it's difficult enough. The world kind of maligns heroes or anybody who's willing to stand out. Um, let alone superhero. If it was a superhero, you're going above and beyond in terms of ridiculousness. So I'm saying it's possible to have superheroes, but they do have to, they do have to do something as ridiculous as identify themselves with uh, the costume. But it's, what I'm talking about is being transcendent in the area of identifying yourself but more specifically being transcendent in clothing, representing yourself through clothing, because just look around at the clothes people wear. Everyone just wears clothes that looks, look like everybody else's clothes. That's what you're trying to do is you're just trying to mold yourself into the fashion that's popular. Generally most people do, um, and then what results is that nobody's wearing any, like it's kind of meaningless pretty much all of the time, what clothes people are wearing. Um, and over the last 20 years, my generation has uplifted wearing brand clothing more than generations that came before us, I I believe. Where it's like everyone, well, I mean, no, not everyone, probably just the rich kids and the like people that get the most visibility uh have the most money to give themselves a platform and visibility the people that you see the most like on tiktok or youtube they're all wearing like adidas and nike and champion i guess not it's probably not that much different that people the poor kids probably aren't, are still not representing themselves by wearing a lot of champion. Um, but anyway, I think that this whole Kanye West thing is, it's ridiculous that people get mad at Kanye West because he is just talking about, um, he's not saying a lot of new things because, what is the world surprised by what he's saying? I'm a little bit confused. Are they surprised that Jews are disproportionately represented in the media? Because that's definitely true. Uh, Jews are overrepresented in positions in power across the world and especially in positions in media. That's kind of always been the knock on them. Like that shouldn't be new or surprising to anybody. That's like people are al- already criticizing them for that, uh, and so but people are taking Kanye's words to say that he's just out of his mind for me- for mentioning this, even though this is this is a big trend on the right, especially in the last few years. Um, like you kind of have to be living under a rock to not notice the anti-Semitism that's been rising from the right. And in some senses, Kanye is capitalizing off of this trend as somebody who has been identifying himself to the right more and more over the last five or six years. Um, like you should have noticed that people are saying this more and more, but people like the right is saying this more. It's trendier on the right to criticize Jews, be because um, it's in response to that you're not allowed to criticize Jews, and um, that doesn't make any sense. That you're not allowed to do that because what's so great about this specific group of people? Why why do we? Uh, why is this specific group of people immune from criticism? Why is it understood you're not allowed to go after them when you can judge and criticize like basically every other group of people? Why is it that th- why is it that we can never, um, we're supposed to see Jews as untouchable? And so in response to this like weird mystery of why we're not allowed to criticize Jews, the right in the last few years have been criticizing the Jews uh, ad nauseum like on 4chan and, and Reddit and whatever. I mean, maybe not on Reddit, but definitely on 4chan. And um and in secret. Unfortunately and in secret, the right has been uh raising awareness for the criticism of Jews more recently because it's like um so like I personally don't have a problem with Jews. I'm just letting you know that the right already criticizes them for holding positions of power in media which they do um they do hold a lot of power in media i don't really know why this is for some reason they're good in this in this field and they're good at they're good at gaining power and and like making money generally um and but for some reason it's seen as an insult to say jews are good at making money when it's like they are good at making money why are you not allowed to say that? Uh, I feel like the only reason you're not allowed to say that is uh, imposed by Jewish people that are already in power. Like, if you're not a Jew, you have no right to get to get mad at somebody for saying that Jews make a lot of money. Um, because if you're not Jewish, you don't need to do you don't need to do their bidding for them. Um, like, how is it that? Everybody in society is policing each other to make sure we don't Mention that the Jews have a lot of money because why would that ever be an insult to anybody other than a Jew? to say that Uh, Because It's not an insult to say that a group of people is successful in society and make money It's only Jews that would be a little sensitive about it because they want to be more secretive of the fact that they have a lot of power and money which is always the case with anyone with power and money is that they don't want to reveal how they got there. Um, I mean, yeah, so I'm just saying, I don't, I'll try to emphasize. I don't have a problem with the Jews. They are disproportionately overrepresented in, in media. That's true. It's just that, um, but i just think that i guess that's a quality of their people for some reason and there's nothing wrong with that quality uh but that quality is definitely there it's interesting that some groups of people have the quality where they surface more and gain more visibility just naturally the jews definitely have that quality they're very memorable um very memorable group of people the the bible the most important book uh in the entire world through history and the book that's made the most money through history is a book that's centered around Jewish culture specifically. It's centered around the narrative and the story, uh, a narrative and story about the origins of Jewish culture and their like founding fathers. It would be like, it would be like if the most important book in the world centered around George Washington and Abraham Lincoln and American culture, Um, but it doesn't for some reason the narrative and the story and the culture that the world likes the most. And I'm saying story because it appears in this book, the Bible, the story that the world likes the most, um, of all of the cultures that they could choose from is the Jewish one. And that speaks to the Jews ability to be memorable and what's really just, I mean, it's just kind of incomprehensible to me. It just makes me kind of want to have hatred towards people in the world when things like this happen, Kanye West speaks, uh, speaks out and says, um, black people are being oppressed by the media, which is true because it's the media that run a bunch of stories declaring America to be racist. They, um, run a bunch of stories like the media makes a lot of money and gets high ratings off of the idea that black people are oppressed. I would say that The media doesn't want the media and like the left democrats politicians that run big cities and inner cities they're not really interested in black people rising out of their oppression because as long as they're within as long as they're subjugated in in the inner cities they're going the democrats are going to get the vote of black people like as long as black people are are oppressed if it was the case that they rose out of their oppression, it would be a little bit different, but it would appear that the world is not ready for black people to rise to a higher status despite all of this virtue virtue sing, signaling, despite all of this do-goodness and empty speech, empty posturing that people put out on Twitter. Or, um, I mean, not that people put out on Twitter... But yeah, sure. People put on Twitter, but like the, the media that runs stories on Twitter or whatever, um, like the country is talking about the need for opening up a dialogue and like, what are we going to do to end this systemic racism? Yet, um, here's example number one of why this is still a racist country and why the country in the world is not ready to give black people a platform is because the second that Kanye West comes out and like net and says something against the media, um, he is the media responds by trying to lambast him out of existence. But what I'm saying is that there isn't anything new. Um, when Kanye West is talking about, Jews are disproportionately overrepresented in media. That's not new. So, what are people so upset about if it's just kind of like what people always say? And really, what they're upset about is what the new thing about his message, because what's new about his message is the idea that black people, specifically as a group, have a chance to be competitive with Jews, specifically as a group. And the world's reaction to this being a possibility is they can't stomach it. It's a very visceral, hateful reaction to the idea that black people would be competitive with Jews and the Jews who have a lot more power in the media, Jews, white people, British people that have a lot more power in the media. I have like Piers Morgan, the person he did the interview with who everybody in the world takes Piers Morgan's side for some reason. Um, the reaction of the world and from the Jewish-controlled media is to lambast the black guy who's trying to give a voice and a platform to black people, give them a presence um, at, a, at a higher level, give them a more of a main stage. That's what Kanye West is trying to do. He's trying to represent his people. And this is what's new about his message, is the idea that black people... Would possibly be on the same stage as Jews which they aren't now and what's the reaction the reaction is that hell f- hell fucking no Jews need to con- continue to have the power as long as possible we can't we can't entertain the thought of um, someone like Kanye West coming in here and actually trying to represent black people on a, on a really big stage and that's apparently the entire world's reaction. And so it's like enough with this do-goodness, enough with with people saying that we want to end racism when the unanimous reaction is, we want to continue to make sure people like Kanye West that want to represent black people on a bigger stage have no voice. We need to subjugate them uh, back to where they don't have a voice. And, um, yeah, I just feel like I'm, I feel like I'm being overheard or something, so I'm delaying speaking more passionately about it. I'm being too hesitant right now. It's just that he does the interview with Piers Morgan, and for some reason, everybody in the world takes Piers Morgan's side, which is, um... I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how that is possibly ever the reaction given the two careers that these two people had, Piers Morgan versus Kanye West. One of them is the greatest talent of a generation. The other one is a shitty British news anchor whose only talent is to appeal to what's popular. He doesn't have any anything original to say. He's just a collectivist appealing to, um, I mean, people who sympathize with the mainstream media, basically. How do you like Piers Morgan, unless you're just somebody who loves the mainstream media and thinks that uh, everyone needs to listen to standardized media all the time? How How do you like Piers Morgan ever? He's just kind of proven himself to be an idiot over and over and over again, over the years. But, um, he's still given a platform by the media because he's a, a pawn and a shill, and he's just going to say things that are obvious that he knows everybody will like, uh, mass appeal, but, like, he's British and he's white, and so, how is it the case that everybody takes Piers Morgan's side over Kanye West, given the two careers these people have had? Um... Just because Kanye West is... Just because he's saying some things about... uh, Jews. It's because Piers Morgan is white and Kanye West is black, basically. This is the reason why we, uh, as a world, we're supposed to react by hating Kanye West. And it's so, it's weird because Joe Rogan is just as much a stooge as anybody else in this topic. Uh, I saw a clip of him responding to Andrew Schultz. Like, Andrew Schultz did one of his rants or whatever, which is just kind of his thing. He made a joke about uh, the wild things Kanye said. And Joe Rogan on his show is watching a clip of Andrew Schultz's rant and thought he was hilarious. And, um lex friedman is is a fucking stooge as well kanye west did a interview with lex friedman and lex friedman th- is a self-righteous prick and like takes this really moralistic stance like oh how dare you say anything bad about jewish people when it's just the world is so terrified of um well like generally corporatized religions that have a lot of power and a lot of money like jews and christians that kind of own the media and make it so that the meat like the media has to tailor to corporatized religions or else they're not going to get any ratings whatsoever like if you if you malign the religions that have the most power in the world a lot those those are the people that are going to get sensitive and back out and not give you ratings so the media always has to appeal to mass corporatized religions um like Judaism and Christianity and mass corporatized religions don't like competition they love to downplay um, they love to downplay the idea of competition and that competition exists in the world Uh, giant corporatized religions that make their money off of getting everybody on the same page everybody in Islam has a collectivized narrative. They all have the same narrative. They all have their story straight. That's one of the benefits of joining the religion is you get to get, make your story straight in front of yourself, your relatives and your friends in front of everybody, you know, it's a good thing to have your story straight. Um, it makes you current and it makes you relevant automatically. Um, which is something you always need to do. And if you don't have very much confidence, if you don't have enough confidence in yourself, um, it helps to just join a religion that are that gives you a narrative. Part of what you part of what you're buying with your money and time in committing to a religion is the is the unified narrative that makes you relevant as long as you're part of the religion. And these mass religions like to downplay competition because they like to they like to overemphasize sameness, safety, and And comfort um what i'm saying is the world is both a competition and a non-competition like it's different and it's the same but these two things these two opposing things are overlaid with each other everywhere you don't get to say that it's one and not the other if you're saying it's one and not the other you're just um I mean, you're just being biased or partisan. It's not, it isn't actually that way. But a religion like Judaism or Christianity would like to convince everybody in the world that there is no competition going on. And this is, this is something that plays itself out just on a football Sunday in America. Um, it's like the prevailing... Just, like, the influence that sports has. And then that contrast with, like, going to church. It's interesting how, like, if you're a football fan and you go to church, anybody who's relatively a football fan knows that watching football all day is way better than going to church. Um, But this is the contrast of the two things I'm talking about. Competition represented in the NFL, football, and then sameness represented in the church. Uh, like lack of competition, everybody's leveled out. Competition is different statuses, and the competition plays itself out to figure out what those statuses are. But religions would like to tell you that the game has already been won, or in other words, that there is no game. Like Christianity says that there is no game because Jesus won all of it, and in a lot of senses, they're right because... Um, he's already the guy that far and away as an individual we worship the most as a world and like if you were to point if there was one individual we worship the most it's jesus and so in some senses the game has already been won. it's just that if you were to recognize the fact that the entire world is a competition and everything is a game this idea sits in direct contrast to what's pushed by religions and it's more in contrast to a religion the bigger that the religion is the smaller that the religion is that's the more that it is like an alternative narrative alternative belief system the fewer people that believe in it is uh, obviously the less power it has and the less that that narrative is seen as a real narrative and As I often argue, people don't get mad at you for, um, criticizing somebody's beliefs. They get mad at you for criticizing the, the beliefs of a major religion, of a corporatized religion, because you can criticize the beliefs of like a medium or somebody who believes in ghosts as much as you want, um... You can criticize beliefs that sound stupid or beliefs like a tiny cult that only 34 people joined because it's easy to criticize that because there aren't very many people in it. Like there's strength, there's strength in numbers. There's only 25 people believing in it. You can ridicule those people all day as long as you want. And so the adage about is such a horrible thing to criticize people's beliefs it only ever applies to like Islam or Christianity because we because it's like a good idea for you to not criticize it because they have so much power, um, and so they they could get back at you. They could harm you. Like Islam is not going to take kindly to you criticizing Muhammad, and so it's really taboo to criticize Muhammad. But you can definitely criticize like. Scientology at this point, for example, because it's like an alternative religion. Um, And so people aren't mad at Kanye because he he's criticizing what people believe and you can't do that. It's because he went after a religion that has it's like one of the biggest religions in the world and has a ton of power. Uh, That's what you can't do. It has nothing to do with like hey man, you really shouldn't criticize somebody's beliefs. You can definitely criticize people's beliefs. It's just certain beliefs you can't. Because certain beliefs have a high population just because of popularity. And it's, it is just the cool kids, really. Uh, that's what I'd say it is. You can't criticize the cool kids and the popular kids. And I am arguing that ultimately though most people would never voice it this way ultimately the cool kids are just people part of a collectivized religion that have their story straight because um if you join like a christianity and you you get a narrative that explains your whole life already then of course you're of course you're in a position to be cool and chill about things um As opposed to somebody who's fumbling around in the world trying to make, like, being an entrepreneur, doing something ridiculous. Because, like, to open a new business, you have to, you have to pose as somebody who has that authority, which is a ridiculous idea. Or even if you're, like, a celebrity, somebody trying to make it in Hollywood, or, like, a new cast member on SNL or something. Like, if you're a new cast member on SNL, it's it's ridiculous then, even. To say that you're the same as like John Belushi and Chris Farley and whatever that have gone before you it's like um it's you have to pose as somebody who's as talented as the people have gone before you and so it's like um it's a lot more difficult to do that to pretend you have that sort of authority when you don't like pretend you have the authority of opening up a successful business, especially if you've never done that before. And then you start that it's so much more difficult to do that. Try to create your own narrative rather than, um, just have your story straight for you. And, um, it's a lot less chill to make a lot of mistakes on your way to becoming successful in creating your own st- story and narrative. That's not very chill. It's a, it's, it's spazzy and, uh, Tara, it's scary. Um, it's a lot more chill to know why you're here and then it just make puts you in a position to be above other people. And coincidentally, even though I wouldn't say it's a coincidence, uh, corporatized religions make a ton of money. And um, they offer a lot of safety and comfort and people who have safety and comfort are, are chill. Um... People who are struggling for money are more spazzes, but, um, and they get made fun of more rich people make fun of poor people. That's what you see with Jews versus blacks. But what I'm saying is we have this unique new position that's being presented right in front of our eyes, which is the idea, uh, of black people competing against Jews. This doesn't get like all of this talk about opening up a dialogue to end systemic racism this is exactly this is right down Main Street in that area perfect like what a great um, response what a great example that we now have as somebody opening up a dialogue what about the idea that black people are oppressed by Jews specifically rather than some ambiguous nothing like ambiguous mob that doesn't have a face or a voice Kanye West is taking the risk of saying there is a face and a voice to this. It's this other specific culture, um, but he gets he gets shot down by it, sh- shot down for it by the entire world. Um, I cu- I can't really explain why. Besides that, it seems to be this racist thing where people don't really like the idea. People don't really like the idea that um, black people could. Bring themselves before jews because jews are more powerful and have more money and so it's this is like a foreign idea to people that they're afraid of they don't understand how this could be possible and so the only uh, for the only reaction is no Kanye west you're an idiot um you don't get to say those things and it just has to do with a world that's terrified of recognizing the truth of competition where competition is suppressed race is suppressed race um different races. It's it like it has to do with the idea that different races are different walks of life. Are you are we really willing to recognize that there are different cultures? Um apparently not. Apparently we are not allowed to recognize that it's a race or something, that it's a competition. Like people are really terrified at the point that we're actually pointing out specific groups. And, um, the idea that those groups might compete with each other, uh, they want to remain distant from the challenges that we would need to overcome in order to end racism. We, like, the world is terrified of those challenges, and that's why they shoot down Kanye West, um, for bringing up the fact that, you know, Jews have a lot more power and they dictate a lot of the stories in media that... Um, about black people being oppressed, but it's like, um, the media makes a lot of money off of the idea that America is racist, selling this idea to America, uh, reinvigorating the masses to believe in the idea that, uh, white people are suppressing black people. Is If this is what we believe to be true it will it will continue to be that way um but like competition is such a scary idea to religions that's why it's like hey well we're all supposed to worship christ you'll find salvation in, in in christ uh you'll you'll just find really that you're the same as everybody else in christ and the world acts like this is the answer is to be the same as everybody else. When it's like acting like we're all the same and only emphasizing that side of the story is not, is especially not going to change anything. It's actually, it's going to make everything be the same. If you want everything to be the same, rather than recognize differences, there are different cultures competing against each other. If you want to say that the different cultures competing against each other, it's all just like uh, ambiguous. There isn't any like black people are oppressed but not by anybody in particular um and i'm saying like it's not jews specifically that oppress black people but it's a good thought that um to try to pinpoint the problem because it's only at the point that you articulate more specifically what the problem is that you're going to do any work at all in fixing it and um it's, it's bizarre that Kanye West's points are immediately proven to be true the second he says all of them because he's lambasted by the media he says are oppressing black people. Everybody in the world takes the side of this British hack, loser, Piers Morgan, who we've been decrying to be a loser for like a decade. Now all of a sudden he's he's got all the answers just because he's British and white, essentially. Um... And Kanye is, Kanye is black. I think that that's the reason, or it's part of the reason. Um, I mean, I can't explain why anybody would decide to take Piers Morgan's side over at Kanye West when Kanye West has contributed so much to the world as an artist, as an individual, as an originator of thought. Um, Like, originality, Piers Morgan versus Kanye West... And then everybody takes Piers Morgan's side. Like, I, I don't care what they were arguing about or what was said. I think that, um, like, people need to, for a second, go beyond this argument. Stop caring about the words they're say- saying. And uh, realize how ridiculous it is, the overabundance of respect you would ever give to Piers Morgan in this situation, given what the two of these people have contributed to the world. Piers Morgan is just an empty talker um and then um joe rogan doesn't do anything to stick up for kanye west he's just like oh yeah kanye west is talking crazy but you know kanye west what he says is proven immediately of course we sh- we try to shit kanye west out of existence for saying that black people should be represented equally on a public stage just, which is what he's saying. He's saying like yeah you really want to recognize the black race um, then you actually have to start recognizing other races in by relative comparison. but and um, truthfully we you see this creeping into the world, uh, the games and competitions, Gaming is becoming a bigger deal like it's uh, creeping into the world even even the NFL taking uh, people's attention away from Worshipping at church on Sunday It's just kind of weird. Isn't it how much more fun and how much better it is to watch football all day than to go to church um, church is is boring um, Basically, any time that it was an NFL Sunday and I was in church, when I used to go to church, I was like, I can't wait till the church ends so I can watch football, but that's every football fan. And is, like, does anybody want to speak up about that there's, like, a reason for that or that's a good thing or it's okay to, um, it's okay to take the side of what's more fun And we see that creeping into the world is just this adherence to entertainment and fun gaming and competitions. It's creeping in on all sides, and it's an attack on religion, really. It's a direct attack on religion, video games, the gaming universe. But um, it's kind of like the idea that I would say that the entire world is a game. It's a competition that's a much better description than that it's a simulation, The entire world is a game and we are trying to materialize the truth of this with the uh, emergence of video games, but not just video games. Sports gambling is exploding. Gambling, gambling is exploding, gaming in that, in that area, but just investing in different uh, cryptocurrencies is, is that entire thing. Cryptocurrencies speaks to the world of competition, that the world is a competition of different relevances, different currencies, uh, what, what one you're going to put your stock in, all of it is a gamble all of the time. And like, it's just whatever you put your value in, what it could be U.S. dollars. Like I have $10,000 of U.S. dollars, or it could be in Jordans. Jordans, I'm talking about the shoe, obviously, I don't know who would be listening that wouldn't know that when I said Jordan was it would they think that it's not the shoe or they don't know what I'm talking about I don't know who that would be, um, but if you have ten thousand dollars in Jordans that's a currency the same as if you had ten thousand dollars in dollars or ten thousand dollars in Bitcoin all it's uh, but I'm arguing that possessions are currencies and it's just that. Um, uh so speaking of currency there's this development that's happening allegedly russia and china are trying to combine to make a joint currency across their two countries that's going to be a gold-backed currency and what they figure is that if we make a joint currency across our two countries the rest of the world will perceive us to have enough power that the currency that we create this joint russia china currency they believe that if they create that they will now have the reserve currency over the us dollar where your currency only ever has reserve status if the rest of the world perceives you to be the most powerful uh currency or like most powerful originator of that currency like The US dollar is only the, it has reserve status, or in other words, it's the most powerful currency in the world because the world perceives America to be the most powerful country. I believe that is the only, that's basically the thing you look to. It's just a perception what gives you the reserve status. And so uh, China and Russia realize this and they're like, we just, we create a joint currency. The rest of the world will perceive us to be the greatest power. And then we'll have the reserve currency. And I believe that whoever has the reserve currency is the most powerful country. I think they go hand in hand. I think they reinforce each other. I think they're inseparable, uh, inextricable. That if you have the most powerful currency, you're the most powerful country in the world. I think that that will always be the case. And... Um, so consider the idea that china russia if they combined forces on a currency that they could very well be the most powerful thing in the world but it's like that's i would say that's the same thing as like combining your two countries i mean it's not the exact same but it's pretty similar because you're just saying that the um the borders of our countries like the governments that lay out the rules to enforce those borders And the same governments that dictate what what is current about those borders dictate the currency and um, dictate the board dictate uh, where the currency is circulated, like the currency is circulated within these borders as called out by the government. The government calls out like um, in a case where the government is backing the currency. So this is different because they're saying China and Russia are trying to make a gold backed currency. And then their current this goldback currency is like reflective of the ideals of the territory of China and Russia combined, essentially. And so I'm saying that if they combine on a currency foregoing the currencies that their individual countries are currently transacting in, if they forego those to make a joint currency, they basically unify their nations. And that could very well get the rest of the world to perceive them to be the greatest. Uh so think for a minute, if that was the case, if Russia and China dissolve their borders to say, we are one country now, would would you believe that country to be more powerful than the United States, just to yourself? I think that it would be close. I think it would be really close and that I would I would probably perceive a Russia-China combination to be more powerful than the United States, but First of all, this sounds like a dumb idea because a gold back to me, gold back currency is a stupid idea. There's a reason that we got rid of the gold standard for our for our currency the United States did in the 70s. There's a reason for that. It's because a currency that's just backed by faith in the government is better and it's more efficient because when your government Is running on a gold-backed currency citizens within the country can't collect gold and so it it um it abnegates what's the word like it abnegates this this resource or it kind of it like makes the resource non-existent for people who live in the country and so that's inefficient to like unrecognize a resource um like gold uh because I guess when the US was on the gold standard, they didn't let US citizens collect gold. And so like, that's one example, but also you don't need your currency to, to be backed by gold. This has already been proven by the fact that the US dollar is just as strong as probably stronger today than it was in the seventies when it was backed by gold. It didn't change anything. It doesn't matter if it's backed by gold or not. And uh, China, Russia combined, they think that it'd be better to go back to gold just because people complain about that. But also, my gripe would be, I don't think people really care about gold anymore. It's not it's not a good move to all of a sudden make a, your currency backed by gold because um, gold isn't that relevant anymore and people are seen as like crazies for collecting gold and it's really like gold was really relevant in the 1840s when uh, there were gold rushes in America and other countries around the world. Australia, for example, had gold rushes in the 1840s at like the same time as America. This was happening across the world. Um, pointing to the fact that gold as a resource peaked in the 19th century. It's the 21st century now. Gold is like it's not irrelevant obviously people still have it but i i think it already peaked like it's just that uh it's not like it's it's not like the future of gold is looking bright there's not going to be a time where gold is more important in the future than it was in the 1840s i don't think um it's not necessarily on its way out it's just that it's kind of it's kind of antiquated to go back to that at this point. I guess Russia and China think that's a good idea just because a lot of a lot of idiots in America complain about that we need to go back to the gold standard and something terrible happened when we decided to back it by faith by faith in the government. It makes no difference. It's better this way. It makes our it makes the currency more powerful because it's more secretive just to say that the currency has power because of this because of the secrecy and intelligence of the US government who could ever sort out the secrets of the US government basically nobody um, that's a great that's a great mystery to to uh, back your currency off of is the mystery secrets that exist beyond the walls of the US government that's a that's as good as you can do really that's why it is the most powerful currency is because um, the intelligence that people see in the US government is better than the intelligence of other, any other government in the world, basically. Um, But, uh, I'm saying that currency, I was trying to talk about how possessions are currency and, and it's really like paper money is having paper is kind of lame form of being current as an individual. And I'll probably bring up this point. I'll save this point for the next podcast because though I can talk for hours on end, I only have so many like good points really. And I mean, I, I have, I have a lot of them, but I don't have endless good points. And so I'll save this good point for later. This about currency and the stylization of currency, uh, the individual, individualization of currency, um, is what I want to talk about where, uh, um, currency becoming more about possessions that you have rather than paper money. But like... Uh, like if you have a thousand uh, if you have a thousand dollars in Jordans that's just a competitive currency it's like if you had a thousand dollars and then you bought a thousand dollars worth of Jordans that would be it's not that much different to do that than have a thousand dollars and convert that into a thousand dollars in euros it's just like there are different currencies that allow you the opportunity to transfer your worth whatever that is into uh you can transfer your worth into terms of all of these different competing relative currencies which are basically just frequencies or rates of occurrence um like the euro occurs at a certain rate relative to the dollar and so then it's like it has a different worth but it's, it's hard to determine what those worths are. That's why people don't readily transfer their money from one currency to another. A lot of times they just leave it in their bank or they just leave it as U.S. dollars. But spending $1,000 on Jordans is actually an investment. And it's like a guess you're making the same as gambling or predicting things. And like the transfer of your worth to any given currency where the world is developing so many new currencies all the time with cryptocurrencies. Like it's uh we're undergoing a revolution in terms of currency. It's an, it's an, we're having an explosion of currencies, uh, not just cryptocurrencies, but like currencies that exist within a video game. Currency of all forms is exploding as, uh, the world is specifying different rates, different ways of, um, different ways of representing yourself or or whatever and like what i'm talking about is how gaming entertainment and competition is just kind of seeping in through the corners in the periphery trying trying to make its way into the mainstream uh the idea that the world is a competition is becoming harder and harder to ignore as we transfer into this just like like pe- whatever people entering the metaverse, there's all these different relative universes in which you can make your make your way, uh, create your reputation, stake your reputation, make your money, make your make your worth or whatever, make your livelihood, be like uh, represent yourself, be current, be relevant. There are so many different ways to do this. For example, different metaverses that are being created where you can buy territory in a giant digital, world that's just on a website and this is an explosion of different relevances or different ways of repre- people can represent themselves That that is that we're seeing happen right in front of our eyes and it's i would say it's in direct competition to like to the idea of sameness or uh non-competition it's in direct competition with competition is in competition with non competition at just as two objective ideas, competition and non competition. I don't know what you'd say is the opposite of competition, but, um, uh, giant corporatized religion where everybody in Christianity, they're like, we have this same narrative. Jesus died and rose again. And this is why, this is why we're hot um this is why i'm hot i'm hot because i'm i'm fly you ain't because you don't believe jesus died on the cross for your sins you know when if everybody in christianity has the same religion that makes them all the same it like they don't like the idea that there are competing forces to like to jesus or there is like what life is the meaning of life different like if there's alternative arguments and a lot of them floating around for what is the meaning of life actually as opposed to like you join islam and um now you know what the meaning of life is certainly uh if there's a lot of different ways you could view what the meaning of life is this is what competition is and major religions don't like don't like competition. Judaism doesn't doesn't like it, and the media especially doesn't like it. They don't like competition from voices of people that are supposed to be repressed um, as the narrative goes. As the narrative goes, uh, it's not supposed to be competitive like that. And it's supposed to be equality across all of the races. Or in other words, the race, which it is a word for... Um, competition or a race like one that you run it is a word for how all of the different ethnicities are like in a giant race uh the leftist media would like to convince you that the race is not so much a race but a equal let's just pretend that it's all equal across the board and if anybody raises a fuss about that actually it's a competitive thing uh there are differences between different people individualism should be promoted as opposed to collectivism if anybody raises a fuss about uh, the fight of things the competition we'll just just make sure they're lambasted out of existence that they don't have a voice um, because we'll convince the entire world that being progressive means being socialist and saying that we're all in this together we're all on the same team because community is always good and I heard this on a commercial the other day uh, where they said like because commercials are always talking about communities uh, I mean the local news too is always talking about communities like the media they're just like oh communities are really great but this one commercial said like communities are 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 better when they try to help each other out or something like what communities need to do is try to help each other out And that is, uh, completely illogical because a community is a community because it's separate from another community. If it's two communities, they don't exist to help each other out. If you want to say those two communities help each other out, you have to go to a higher level of classification or identity to say like the state that those two communities both exist in or the country. Like, for example, when they uh when hurricane harvey hits houston and then they run these commercials of jj watt on a boat in the flooded streets of houston uh whatever he's doing like cleaning up debris and they run this com this commercial nationwide and say like give money to the community of houston because they're because they're houston when it's like I don't live in that community and especially if you're going to emphasize this to be a community you're talking about the commune that is houston specifically and you're emphasizing how they are separate an entity from the community i live in but what i'm saying is if it's one community and then another one you this is competition uh two two separate communities don't help each other out they're not supposed to they compete with each other if there are dividing lines where you say one, there's this one community over here, this different one over here. um, It's counterintuitive. It's illogical to say like what these two separate communities are not joined as one. That's why they're different from each other. So it's like, you don't get to throw the word community out there. It's just to say that, hey, do the right thing, we're all on the same page here. We're not all on the same page. And that's what I would argue is that the fact that the entire world is a competition is, is completely unemphasized. It's only emphasized mostly just by the media that wants everybody to be subjugated and not think that they have individual voices that would cause them to see the world is a competition. Like the media wants people to think that they don't, they don't have a competitive, they don't have a fighting chance. Um, so they're just going to push that. We all need to be on the socialist page. And that's what progress is. That's what the future is going to look like. And that's the, that's the, probably the greatest lie of it is that this is something we're heading towards. And if you want to, you don't want to be on the wrong side of history. So become a socialist. Um, I would argue it's the complete opposite. The future is looking all individualism, folks. And it's really like a, it's really just a train that is going 80 miles an hour that, uh, you like, if you try to stand in front of it to stop it, it's not going to work. And the train of, um, the prevailing prevailing individualism, individualism will prevail no matter what said me, the individual, uh, but I'm just saying, like, I think it's actually the case that the future will unfold to, um, cause all of us to be more interest, more interested in individualism. I think individualism's the future, not, uh, collectivism, but there you go. Um, thanks for listening. I guess I didn't get through a whole round. Um, but yes, I will continue to make more episodes. Possibly I will end the Currency Podcast with a finite number of episodes at some point, or or I'll take a hiatus or, or something like that. But I will, for the near future, I will continue to make more of these episodes. Thanks for listening, and I'm putting my videos on Rumble. I don't know if I mentioned that at the beginning or not. Um, I'm starting to put my videos on Rumble, so you can follow me there. I'll put the link to my Rumble page. Rumble is just, a like an alt-right YouTube or whatever. So, probably, probably the place I should be. But, uh, thanks for listening. Bye for now.